ends well boxing. You're welcome on in. Ireland's Boxing Weekly Podcast on all things amateur, professional, domestic and international. If you'd like to find a link for all the previous episodes on any platform or if you'd just like to keep an eye on our social media, You'll find all of that and more in today's show notes. Coming to you on this Wednesday the 14th of April. You are indeed welcome on in. Another hugely exciting and busy weekend of boxing around the UK, Australia and the US. Just before I get to all that, I believe we've got some pretty prestigious ears coming to us this week. As the lads from, shall we say, the Royal County that were entrenched there for the last few weeks have moved to camp. They've switched base Across there in London, I believe, I understand, preparing for a huge, huge heavyweight clash coming over the next couple of weeks. Can I say a little bit more? Well, first and foremost, I'm giving a special shout out to my pal Robbie McKeever, who's been having an absolute blowout of a period of his career. He's 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 just, he's killing it. It's the best way to say it. He's, of course, a big, big part of what team Andy Lee and the camp are doing right now. It's a stable that's packed full of, of lads from the island whether it's Paddy Donovan whether it's Jason Quigley whether it's Tyson Fury or whether it's our latest and I would say now almost semi-Irish Polynesian island brother Joseph Parker all of those guys entrenched working their asses off flat to the mat all under the watchful eye of the man himself and a special shout out to the lads this week special shout out to Robbie and last but by no means least thank you for taking time to download and listen to this episode today (coughs) Finally, finally, the power makers, the organ grinders at Sky Sports and Matchroom, they finally get that belt, a belt, any belt, around the waist to Shannon Courtney. But at what cost? At whose expense? The similar hype, pomp and ceremony that we saw with Mr. Zoo a couple of weeks ago? All roll out again this weekend for Conor Ben, And the young man didn't disappoint. But the hardcore died in the wool boxing fans... We're all tuned into Oklahoma last weekend. And new WBO light heavyweight champion of the world, the beast from the east, Joe. Joe Smith, Maxim Vlasov, the WBO light heavyweight title. It didn't need any overselling. It didn't need any famous parents or inheritance. It didn't need lingerie. It was a hard fought, grueling, brutal battle of 12 rounds. But we'll get to all that and a whole lot more. Follow me. As always, it's a privilege and a pleasure to be in your ears for this episode. want to say thanks for tuning in this week, last week, and every other week. The feedback and the comments and the response from last week from Luke Keeler and everything else, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And it's its great to see the numbers still today. I've just looked at it this morning that are still being listened to. So Luke, is, uh, his appeal and his support and, and the love of the fans stretches far and wide, not just across the country. So shout out to Luke. Thanks again for your time and thank you for listening. And if I could ask one little favour, just at the top of the hour here, if you could, and if you don't mind, you look at the show notes below as you listen to this, the very first link you'll see, click that, it'll take you through to the iTunes page. And if you could leave a four or five star rating there, be nice, say something really nice, leave a comment and it'll help us with the algorithm, it'll help things move along here on the SEO side of things, which is new to me. I'm learning little bits all the time, but it's important, it's vital. If we want to start growing it, keep growing it, keep progressing, that would be sensational. All that's happening now around Fury and Joshua, talk, 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 talk. It's Edward of Hearn repeating himself over and over again. The contracts are signed. We know, Ed, we know, we've heard it just about enough times by now. I don't really want to get into it. I'm not going to talk about it, think about it, look at it, listen to it. I did have a feeling at the beginning of the year and beyond when it all started. I had a feeling and I said it here on previous episodes. I'm not expecting to see this fight, if at all this year, certainly not before the last quarter of the year, I believe. Watch for something to happen. Watch watch for something to come out of left field or, or they'll lead you to believe it's come from left field. Genuinely don't see it happening until later on in the year. But I could be wrong. I hope I am. <laughs> Now, to those of you who listen here regularly, you'll need no introducing to our guests on this episode. Graham McCormack, otherwise known as the G-Train. He's been a part of the furniture around here from day with dot. He's been a source of great entertainment. He's straight talking, shoots from the hip. And he spoke to me recently about his American boxing debut and a lot of other things to boot. You know, 
Lloyd at that stage, but I had no, I had no hope. I, 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 I had just given up, man. I had just, I had completely given up. I, I lost everything, every sense of, of hope or love. Or I was, I was an evil, cold bastard. But I cared about, I didn't care about anyone but myself. You know, I, I, all I cared about was next drink or drug coming from. You know, and that was it. I, I didn't give a shit about anything. I had lost consciousness. I had lost. Now, if your ears happen to be new to the podcast, thank you, first and foremost. Absolutely delighted to have you on board. If you haven't listened to Graham before, click the link below, have a look back over the old episodes, and you'll find some of the stories, some of the different things that Graham has, has been on chatting about. Fantastic fella. So, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Most of the schools are back, secondary schools, the whole lot. To be quite honest... We're all going to feel it at different times. There, there is a level of angst around the place. Similar sense as lockdown two and three. And it's, don't don't overdo it. Don't over, don't second guess yourself. Don't beat yourself up over whatever the feeling or the emotion that you've got. It's going to take a little bit of time. We're, we're, humans are creatures of habit. And uh, we spent a long time doing the same thing over the last 12 months. So don't expect it to lift anytime instantly. Take your time. Go with it. If you got to ease yourself in, ease yourself in. Nothing or nobody is worth your health or mental health suffering. Nothing. Personally here, finished the workshop. Finished the studio. Second carpet went in yesterday, just to give it a little bit of extra insulation, a little bit of extra soundproofing. Uh, the green screen is in place. New HD cameras went in yesterday also. And I'm just working on the lights right now, so... We're very close, very close to lighting this ugly mug up and getting it on your screen to go with the podcasts. Right now I'm working on the diary, filling up the interviews, getting the names and the faces and bringing a little bit more variety because, as I said the last few weeks, it's an apology of sorts. My focus, my mind has been divided between two or three different things, trying to get this little roof over the head done. Then it'll be a matter of just getting all these different things working together and cook up a very special dish. The sauces will vary will vary. Some will be spicy, some will be hot, some might be a little bit cool. But I can tell you the thinking hat has been on and there is some really, really good stuff coming down the line for you and I hope you're going to enjoy it as much as I'm going to enjoy doing it. Can I give you an insight? Shawnee sent me a message last week. How come you'll always go so far but you won't tell us exactly what's coming? Because, mate, um, sometimes it changes. Unless I have the interviews in the can, well then it's kind of hard to say with any degree of certainty. And I don't like letting people down. But what I can tell you, here we go, for the next couple of episodes, okay? We'll have Alana Neal, who used to be Alana Audley. Of course, she fought that first fight with Katie Taylor and have been on to have her own career. She's trained and cornered her husband, Chesre. And uh, she'll be with us in the next episode to talk about her career, to talk about everything, to talk about growing up in Belfast. She's now living in the UK. She's in the British Army. As if that wasn't already enough. She's the sister of Lewis Crocker. So, fascinating interview coming up for you to listen to. That'll be in the next episode. Speaking to Fergal McCrory really soon to get an update with Fergal. I know he was due to box just before lockdown one kicked in. I think, I think he got home just before it kicked in. Also have lined up and arranged to speak with Craig O'Brien. Keith Walsh, 2FM morning show presenter. He was on with me last week. And have a little listen to this as we spoke about anxiety and all that goes. The thing about it is, there's a fear, right? That if we talk about mental health or we talk about young people suffering with anxiety, whatever, that that's that we're almost like bringing it, like we're making it worse. And people will say, well, there was there wasn't this much anxiety or mental health talk when I was young. There's nothing wrong with anxiety. There's nothing wrong with mental health. There's nothing wrong with talking about mental health. There's nothing wrong with stress. It's just the way you deal with it. And anxiety is good, and stress is good. You know, you have to know the difference: good stress and good anxiety, and bad stress and bad anxiety. Even though it seems worse, and there's more talk about it, and people talk more about mental health, I think it's better. So myself and Keith spent the guts of an hour, maybe more, looking back over life, I suppose, then and now, and looking at the differences. And the differences are quite stark. They are striking. It's amazing how, with a little bit of open-mindedness and a little bit of fresh th- thinking life can change dramatically genuinely can and, and I'm going to use that episode with Keith I'm going to speak with a couple of other guests I'm going to speak with Keen McMahon the Iceman of course was on with us here before as well with a, with a brilliant story and when you see how his life has transformed it's just beautiful there's a special lady coming to join me from New Mexico her name Cara Leibowitz 
She's a professional boxer based in the US. She won a WBC Suleiman Award last year, I think, not long after she had beaten cancer. Fascinating story. I don't want to go too much into it, but it's it's beautiful, it's sad, it's real, and it's inspiring. That's the aim from here on in, to keep it real, but to lift and inspire and to do all we can for each other because it's, as I said, it's going to be tricky times. We're not out of the woods yet. We're slow. We're one of the last countries, if not the last, to come out. We're being run by a two-party failed system, by two parties who have failed every time in their history. So I don't know what to expect. I know Brazil and India are getting hit very, very hard with this new strain and I know our airport is still open to the likes of Brazil and India. So where we go from here, who knows? But we'll go together whatever way it happens and we will keep the heads up we will keep positive and keep looking towards the bright side although i gotta be honest when you look at the news in belfast last week and you look in the news in america this week and you wonder you just scratch your head and you wonder what is wrong with human beings why, why are we so hell-bent on destruction so hell-bent on hate so hell-bent on hurt it's just not right we're going to start by looking at the fights on saturday night last week the matchroom card it was an entertaining card. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't delve too deep into it. I watched the fights that I wanted to watch. When the first of those was Ebony and Shannon Courtney. Now, I was a little bit harsh here last week. I, I was harsh because it was being rammed down our throats as usual by the, by the noisemaker, by that little noisemaker. It um, annoyed me. It pissed me off. If I'm being brutally honest. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how they can go to camera to a live show like that with so little research done on an opponent who, let's face it, was at least as good and no, no less experienced than the one that they have chosen as their favourite, the one that they have chosen to put a belt around. It sickened me to listen to Shannon Courtney act and talk like she's some sort of representative, like she's some sort of role model. Don't forget, this is a lady who has got some seriously, seriously dark clouds hanging over her as regards her behaviour, as regards her personality, as regards things she said and done and has refused to clear them up or deal with them. Yes, Ebony was a little bit overboard. Yes, Ebony flaunted what she had. Yes, she did. She brought eyes to this game, I guess, that some people don't want. Does it matter? No. Is her opinion any less relevant than Shannon Courtney's? Absolutely not. Has she done anything? To, has she said anything? Has she purposely gone out of her way to offer? No. No, she hasn't. Take note, Shannon. As the fight unfurled, it was nip and tuck. Courtney started well. Bridges came back. For all I had it going into the eighth. Courtney gasped badly in the seventh. Not long after that, there was a headbutt. Okay, which turned the tide of the fight. Adam Smith. Mady. You've outdone yourself yet again. Abysmal. And I, and you know what it is? I've said it a few weeks ago about Ben Damon being biased. This was just deplorable. He, I don't think he acknowledged any of Ivani Bridges' work. None. Certainly none for the last three rounds. Didn't register, didn't see, didn't acknowledge. At the very end of the fight, when Ebony's eye was closed, I wondered. I wondered, was he purposely trying to draw the referee's attention? He was so blatant, so loud, and so f***ing annoying. It's at the point now where I genuinely am questioning and wondering, does this guy know anything? Does he know what he should know to be at the level that he's at? I, 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 I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. Or has he just got so cocky, so confident, so comfortable in the job that he's asking Matthew Macklin a question and before he can finish the question, he's answering it for Macklin in the same breath. That raises her arms a lot. For me, Courtney becomes a world champion. I think for Matt, probably too. Three judges will decide. Well done to Shannon Courtney on her win. Well done to Ebani Bridges for an absolutely sensational show all week. She did everything she had to do to sell the fight and more. And who cares if Shannon Courtney doesn't like that? Who cares if there's one or two? Because does anybody complain when Tommy Fury's prancing around in a pair of Speedos? Did anybody care when Frank Buglioni was going around all those years ago in a pair of jocks? No. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. So what's the difference? I know which I'd rather look at. And when you can fight like a Banny Bridges fought the other night and prove herself, then with all due respect, it doesn't matter a damn. Freak out, yo! If that was the appetizer, then the main course itself wasn't sure what to expect. I wasn't expecting a whole lot, if I'm being honest. Uh, Vargas is a long time cooked. 
he was dis- dismantled, demolished and smashed by Virgil Ortiz. Somehow again, the pundits were building this up to be a life or death. The only thing I did say in the build-up was that if Conor Ben hadn't improved, hadn't maintained and improved from where he left off, he would find this difficult. Credit where it's due. He absolutely played a blinder all week. An absolute blinder with the media. He was foot perfect. And came out. He was fit. He was strong. He was warmed up properly. Ready to go. And he launched an unmerciful tirade. Vargas is done. Finished. Cooked. For me, he's no different now than he was before. Of course, he's a better points ranking. He's better. But we didn't learn anything anymore about Conor Ben. We learned that he is absolutely ferocious, that he has all that in his locker. We knew all of that. We'll see now where he goes and what they do with him. I don't think Amir Khan is going to want to know any of that. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But well done to him, because as, as I said, got to give credit where it's due. I know he comes with the burden and the, and the weight that that surname brings, but he's wearing it well. But let's let's be real. Let's be real. Let's not be talking about world title fights. What I want to know, right, what, what I couldn't really grasp at all, and I've thought about it since, and I'm thinking about it that night, all the names they call, Sean Porter, Amir Khan, Kel Brook, they never mentioned David Avenisian. Not once, not once, did the band of merry men dancing around the men in tights at the side of the ring, not once did they mention David Avenisian, who has given the performance of the year in the UK this year. Why? Why? Again, we're looking at narratives. Why is Natasha Jonas been forced to go up a weight and fight Katie Taylor? Why isn't she given the legitimate rematch that she should be having against Terry Harp? Why are we not seeing Sam Eglinton and Ted Cheeseman rematch that's so well entitled and so due and that the fight fans are calling for? Who knows? But yet we got the rematch with Dillian White and Bovetkin. It's a, it's a case of when the face doesn't fit, when you're not part of, your feet aren't under the table, you're not going to get your fair dues. It's abysmal, and it's getting worse. Violent gentlemen. Fight Associated, Belfast-based brand. Click the shop link in today's show notes and check out their latest ranges, which include Lewis Crocker, Paul Highland Jr., Owen O'Neill, and wait to hear what's coming next. Whether you're a fighter or a fan, it has to be quality, style, value. Violent gentlemen. Act accordingly. In case you hadn't guessed, by the time the main event came around on Saturday night, (laughs) I was praying, I was hoping, I was ready for a cracker. And for once, just for once, please, I was hoping, let's have it. Let's have what we want. Let's have what we expect. Funnily enough, we'd had all the hype, the pomp, the ceremony for lesser fights, lesser accomplished fighters in the weeks up to this one. And this somehow almost, almost flew below the radar. So when all the introductions were done and all the ceremony was over, boy, did they get down to it. We, well, For me, it's fight of the year already, no matter what's said or what's portrayed in the UK. Not even, nothing has come close to it. It had entertainment, it had blood, it had guts, it had just grit. It had everything you want from a light heavyweight world title fight. The Russians' herky-jerky, twitchy kind of style, huge output, allowed him to settle first. And he settled almost instantly. He was punching in bunches. He was he was a real handful, a real problem for Joe Smith in those early rounds, who had started very cautiously. He was seemed to be thinking, pacing himself, anxious not to get caught, but also conscious that he, he had to do something. After the Bivol loss, he couldn't rely just on that one big shot all the time and trying to find it. I could see the argument for him losing that first and second round, uh, he started to up the ante a little bit in the third round, but he got a bad cut, a really bad cut, and it looked like Stitch Duran was going to have, he was going to have a battle on his hands with it. But as usual, he got to grips with it and, and kept it under control and kept his man in the fight. Round four started really intensely, really, really spicy. Vlasov was trying to box. Joe had blood coming down the eye. The cut looked like it was getting worse. He looked like he was in bother. He looked like it was bothering him. He was pawing at it, but he was fighting. Hurt Vlasov badly two, three, four times to the body. Each time he touched him to the body, you could see his legs dip. And that would be key as the fight progressed. Silently, surely, Smith began to break him down. Quickened the pace a little bit around round five. 
I got a feeling that he was conscious that he didn't want to gas in those championship rounds because he has tired in his last couple of fights at the back end of the fight. Round six, Smith went on the back foot, looked to confuse Vlasov, who looked to be tired. He looked hurt. He was bleeding badly from his mouth at that stage. Was the tie beginning to turn? It looked that way indeed. Smith, in the, in the seventh round, had his best by far. Combinations were varied. He was hurting. He was weakening. He was breaking down the body and he was hurting him to the head. Vlasov had as a chin, <laughs> it's a cliche now, but a genuinely a chin that you're not going to see too often. And he took repeated, heavy, hard, hurting shots on that. And, and I, at times I just really couldn't understand how he stayed in there. The eighth pretty much started the same. The pace was quickening each time. Faster tempo, more flourishes landing from Smith, hurting him, as I said, at will. Vlasov is then tired again. You're wondering how much longer is this going to go on? Can he keep going? Maybe it's just too much. Does someone need to save him? He's bleeding profusely from the mouth. Another round for Smith. I watched it on the zone. And I'm not 100% sure. In fact, I don't know what the relationship is between Joe Smith and the likes of Timmy Bradley or Dre Ward or, or um, Joe Tess. Not 100% certain, but they weren't doing him any favours. They certainly weren't giving him any praise. They weren't giving him any love. Anything he got, he was having to earn. I don't know, is that because maybe did he beat one of their guys? Is B-Hop one of theirs? Who knows? But it, he was he was finding hard to get a compliment. They were calling it as it was on. But yeah, it was a bit peculiar for a home fighter. But maybe that's the way I suppose we complain when it's the other way. Somehow Vlasov continued and got himself up off the stool in the 10th round. And from somewhere he summoned this. I don't know how he did it. Genuinely don't because he found this second wind and he started to take it. Started to look like he was going to be able to turn this back around. The Smith, it was it was real re- real value for a championship fight here. This is heading into the championship rounds, and it was hard to believe what you were seeing. Even more so then, when you consider that only a few weeks ago, Vlasov had, had tested positive for COVID nineteen. <laughs> incredible! It just just truly incredible. You have to get a chance. Go have a look at it. One of the big criticisms of Joe Smith Junior to date has been his gas tank. He came out in the eleventh strong, hard telling shots absolutely ready championship rounds backing Vlasov up tying him up on the clinch Smith was doing a lot of inside work he was hurting him really badly each time he touched him to the side touched him to the body he was much stronger much more physical and Vlasov was visibly tired and worn out but how he kept going a big big win in that round for Joe Smith an incident very very peculiar it was as if Vlasov saw the opportunity and Joe did ref- reference it after the fight. I thought he was going in that round. Genuinely thought he was. The ref deemed it was a foul. He hit him on the top of the head. He gave him up to five minutes to take a rest. Got his breath back. Allowed him to see out the round. Uh, he didn't give a warning or didn't take a point. Which, on the face of it, would have been a shame. Because it was a tremendous fight. He didn't want controversy. And there was no controversy. He got his rest. Got himself back in. And again, he turned, just, just his his part in the fight... It adds to the value of Joe Smith's title. They answered the bell in the 12th round. Both of them look like they're battered. They're both bruised. Both cut. But Smith is looking every inch the world champion lumberjack. He's chopping, cutting, hacking away at Vlasov's body. Crippling. Absolute killing body shots. How he's still withstanding them is beyond. Maxime Vlasov, Joe Smith Jr. Outstanding world title fight. And you guys said, I don't like the body language of Smith Jr. But he made a decision like all great fighters do. And that decision was to come on strong in the championship round. Winner by majority decision and new WBO light heavyweight champion of the world, the beast from the east, Joe Smith Jr. It's without a doubt a fight of the year contender. It had blood, it had guts, it had grit, it had power. It had heart, everything. Smith controlled those last two rounds and won it for me. And a majority decision, the scores ended up being 114 twice, 115 to 113, 115 to 112. And just to wrap it all up, afterwards as you sit there after just thinking about it, trying to absorb it, contemplate, thinking about what you've just seen. You've seen two fellas who, without doubt, without doubt, left pieces of themselves in that ring. Um, They served up for me fight of the year. It's going to take beating. On that performance, Joe Smith won't beat Better Behave. Certainly won't beat Bivol. But 
it's a world title fight. It's his first world title fight. And he's got it around his waist now. Who knows where he can go from here? Who knows the confidence and everything that will bring with it? And let's give props to Vlasov. He was an immense, immense, on any other night, he would have taken that belt. It was a credit to him. Joe, it couldn't be any other way than this. It had to be hard fought. It had to go down to the wire. But in the end, you heard the words that you dreamed of. And new champion. Describe the feeling. I mean, it's great. It's a great feeling. You know, um, it was definitely a close, tough, tough fight. You know, I gave it to Vlasov. He was a great fighter. And so, yeah, the emotion, I guess, is always never... It's never far away in boxing, is it? Whether it's one extreme or the other... It's that type of sport. It's not like an 11-man game where three or four don't feel like playing. A 15-man game where another five or six just can't be arsed for whatever reason. You're out there, mané on mané. It's down to you. If you don't perform, not only do you lose, you get hurt. And hurt they did. Props, as I said, to Joe Smith, to Star Boxing, to Joe DeGuardia and all the gang over there. Hoping to speak with him. I will speak with him soon. I know he's on honeymoon, would you believe? I've already sent the smoke signals to Star Boxing. Had a nice little message from Joe himself by way of thanks just for the build up and for everything else from this side so that's it's always nice to get and I really really am looking forward to speaking with him as we take a look around the wider boxing world the shit show is going to take up a lot of the headlines over the next couple of days and on into the weekend doesn't interest me doesn't interest me in spending spilling hate on it either. It is what it is. I've not bothered with it. There is one fight of interest and relevance on the card. It is, of course, Regis Proger against Ivan Redcatch. Redcatch, his last fight, he lost to Danny Garcia. It um, it was a, it was a horrible fight. Low tempo, low output, little or nothing happening. He tried to sit in mid range. If he tries to do that against Proger, he's going to get hurt, banged out, and he's going to pretty much get finished. I see that going that way. Progre has got a huge work rate and now an absolute monstrous output. He will sit at that mid-range and he will pick Redcatch off and he'll hurt him badly. I'm sure somewhere along the line when Progre settles down and decides what weight he does indeed want to fight at, we might just see a second match with himself and Josh Taylor, but it won't. It, that'll be down the line somewhere. The Assassin James Tennyson's match with three-weight world champion Ricky Burns looks like it's fallen by the wayside, waiting on another opponent to be announced We'll have that in the coming days. If it's not out, it'll probably be out already by the time this goes out. And upcoming cards this weekend, as I said, that one in Atlanta. Then we have the middleweight title fight between Bubo Andrade and Liam Williams. Interesting card. Interesting match, that up. It, it's, uh, again, as I said last week when we spoke to Luke, Andrade never, ever gets the credit he deserves. People don't want to give him anything at all. Probably because he's not, he's not a likable fella. He's easy to dislike. But he is effective. He's 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 horribly effective. He his long style. He'll pick them off at range and then fall in and crowd his work and doesn't give the opponent. Liam Williams is going to have his hands full, but Liam Williams loves having his hands full. There's a few people in this game that you look at and you can see the different things, the different attributes, and the different skills. And some are a little bit more difficult to decipher. But Liam Williams is one of those fellas that you look at and you just know he loves loves fighting. He absolutely lives for it. He loves it. The dirtier, the harder, the tougher, the rougher. It's gonna be a, it, it, it's gonna be a tough, no matter what way you look at it. Whoever comes out of this will have earned it, will deserve it, will be unquestionably the better man. That control, the effective aggression is hugely, hugely suited to him and, and, and the move up to middleweight. He's, he's found his, he's found his groove and he's on a rich run of form. What do I think? Williams needs to have the best night of his career. He needs everything to go well. He needs everything to go to plan. And maybe something else to happen for him as well. Andrade, if he turns up the way he has done in a lot of his fights against a lot of his opponents where he's just half arsed dragging himself around, he's in trouble. He's going to he's gonna know all about it. For me, I think he's aware of it. You see him getting a little bit etchy this week. You see him a little bit narky. You see it happened against Luke Keeler the same way people thought he was getting in his head and it just seems to be his way the same as Bellew and others like to just to, to have to get that edge and to find it whatever way they can gotta go with the head over the heart this time and it tells me it'll be a stoppage win for Bubu Andrade but yet again I'll be hoping hoping and happy to be wrong don't forget Irish Drago big Paulie McCullough in action on Saturday night in Bolton on an MTK card it'll be his second pro fight He's switched gyms, he's back training in Belfast now, 
So, be a bit another big night for himself and best of luck to him. And last but not least, the May 1st card that the Celtic Warriors lads, Craig O'Brien, Spike and those Ray Milo were due to fight on has been postponed due to the goddamn COVID restrictions. Conversation I had recently with a mate of mine who wouldn't be completely au fait. And he asked me, what's, what's the Irish boxing scene like? He, um, took me a second or two pause and... I guess the first thing came out of my mind was complicated. For such a small scene, massive talent, so many different levels, some of the very, very best people, and I mean that, the absolute best, from all walks of life. But somehow, sometimes just too often, despite the small few, and despite it being so small, it manages to get clogged up and cluttered and restricted by politics and egos. No little amount of spite. Most of the drama, if not all of it, tends to come from those outside the ring. The fighters just want to fight. Many boxers' careers have been dictated and, and limited, if not ended, by relationships with a handful of people. It's changed a few years ago, before the minds kind of broadened a little bit and Visions now broadened and wider. Fighters are able to travel to the likes of Spain, Belgium, Luxembourg, USA, the rest. As I said, we spoke to Conor Slater a few months ago about that vision and and now many others are following suit. But one man has blazed the trail, his own trail in his own unique style. He's lived, truly lived, many different lives in his in one in his life. Graham McCormack. G Trend. He's been part of the furniture around here. He's been part of what I've done from day dot for anybody that's new to the show. Right back when this podcast was just an idea in my head. I was still tossing it around. I wasn't sure. I hadn't got the confidence. Didn't know whether I could, would or should do it. I was listening to lots of different styles. Imagining how I would and what way I'd like to do it. How I'd present it. Where I'd even begin. And I hadn't got a clue. Saw a link for a podcast on... I think it was about wrestling, a boxer trancing his arm and wrestling down in Limerick one. So I clicked on it, just had to listen to it for a laugh. I was on the way on a horrible, dark, dull, boring Thursday morning, driving to Tullamore Hospital. Not expecting anything, earphones in, listening. He lit up the car. He was bubbly, he was enthusiastic, he was full of life, larger than life. His life story, he talked a little bit about it, and that was the first I'd ever heard of him, the trials and the tribulations. And I'm thinking to myself, is he speaking to me? Is he talking? Is he? It seemed like, not his, his life story, but his message about not giving up, about following your dreams, about chasing and doing what you do and don't let anyone put you off. Long story short, when I got out of the car that day, my decision was made. Not only was I going to set up my own podcast, not only was I going to try and spend some time and effort and whatever it took to get some proper guests and hopefully some people to listen, I was going to build a studio, I was going to do everything and I was going to do it all. And, and, I was going to have the G-Train on my podcast at some stage. And the rest of the story, well, here we are now. I can tell you this much, if I didn't hear him that there, if I hadn't crossed paths with him, I don't know, I don't know for certain would I have gone ahead doing the podcast, would I be sitting in my own studio right now and making connections with people who I just was watching on TV a couple of years ago. I wasn't a massive one for dreamers, I wasn't a massive one for believing, I wasn't a massive one for anything like that. In fact, many around me, if not all, were saying, how are you doing this? What's that about? Where is that coming from? Are you going to be able to... But as I often say, that's the way it goes. That is how it goes. Don't expect, look for, or want anything from anybody. If you're going to do it, go and do it. And don't listen, don't believe anybody else, go what you want to do. And the G-Train is the ultimate epitome of that. As luck could have it, this was meant to go out two weeks ago or a couple of weeks back before he went to America. That's been postponed, of course, because of the dreaded pandemic. But it seems to have been the way since us, since our two paths crossed. Fate would have it that today is his birthday. So that's why this podcast was meant to go on Wednesday. I held it back when I found out. Goes out today. A happy birthday to the man that they call the G train. He's the, he's a dad. He's a friend. He's a, not mine, not mine, <laughs> but, um, he's a dad to be. And he's, he's, um, he's a, he's a tremendous boxing brain. He studies the game. He watches it. He knows it. If you want to have a conversation, if you want to get inspired, if you want to find out stuff, listen, talk, and get to know this man. It's an absolute pleasure. And he's my good pal, Graham McCormick. You're very welcome back, my man. Always great to welcome you on here. Thanks, man. Really appreciate you having me on. Um, been a while, 
Wow. Times there I was genuinely worried at one stage, are we not going to see him back? Was it ever a question, Graham? Were we ever close? be fair to you as well and, and I'll be honest and I'm trying to go off memory I was scribbling down a little bit as you were thinking and talking there. there there was different waves in all that time down it wasn't a case of where you just threw it at fuck this I'm done if I remember rightly there was the Waterford show before Covid and there was then you were you were also part of Chris Blaney's camp you were going to be over there you were going to be sparring over there so that was going to feed into that show which was going to knock on and knock on and then all that went sideways with the lockdown you picked up a bit of an injury in it if I'm, I'm trying to remember rightly but and I think people that don't know boxing what they need to realise is a fighter with a date on the horizon is a, na- is a different animal once that date comes on the calendar and there's a circle drawn on it I'm sure Lauren will attest there's a fucking there's a different feeling around the place yeah you're bang on man I have to give the lady herself a shout I genuinely wouldn't be able to do what I do with her man and, and I know people say oh you know, but, but honestly that saying behind every man is a great woman is so when it comes to my, my life like, I wouldn't be able to do any of the things I do now I would box her. when I was talking about retirement she gave me this big chat like like give it out to me the chat be like you don't have forever left in boxing like you're not 25 like you're gonna regret this in two years and it was on the ball like, but without that chat I don't would I have gone back in the zone like yeah I know you'd hear her in the background on the phone and you'd hear the comments and all that's firing up now it's all in the one fuel tank the lowest of it Graham and I'm not just talking about current phase that we're going through but uh, your story is well known you've had your your, your past you've had lows and downs yeah. at, at the lowest of those lows could you ever have wildly imagined you were going to box in America at some stage as a professional fighter boy it's funny you say that I was sitting on the coach for a while and the baby and just this joke and the joke and I just said to myself I said to that like, I'm going to America in two weeks, five minutes, and I'm going to hold it. I'm thinking, like, 
I think there's so much to unpack and all that, but what you're, but the basis of it is if you you take hope away from somebody. I mean, I would always, I I I didn't know you when you were at that part of your life, but I would say that you're 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 a passionate fella. Your your heart is always on your sleeve. You don't need to you don't need to uh, you don't you don't need to hear too much from you to know where where your thoughts are at. You're you're, you're passionate about anything and, and everything. But when you take hope away from any man or woman or any human, you may as well. I believe you may as well just put them in the ground because if you don't have hope and you don't have a something, some something little bit to cling to, to just to grasp, just to make those first couple of steps. And then, look, it doesn't always work out for everybody, but you had it in you and it was there and, and the, the fight for life was there. But I think in boxing terms and everything, that's what we're seeing, Graham, is I don't want to get too fucking philosophical about it, but you're seeing a, an evolution. You're seeing it's gone full circle. You're back training at home. Even though it wasn't great over the last 12 months, you were with your home people who know you better than anybody. And that's nothing again. Listen, you know my thoughts for Eddie. Massive respect for the Yeah, no, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but, but the fact that you're with, you're back on where it all started. It, it had to make a big difference and it'll make a huge difference when that walk goes up in, in, in two weeks' time. You know what? But it actually did. You know what it says, me and Eddie are great. It's like a brother and his whole family, his mother, the boy Pedro and Polly, they took me like family. They were great guys in Dublin, but I was away from home, you know, and all that stuff, you know, having a hard day in the gym and, and not coming home to the family, you know, it, it, it's made a massive difference on me now in this camp, but I honestly, uh, like, it's massive difference, like, the fact that when I've had hard days in the gym, or I've had a hard spa, or anything like that, or when I'm just feeling shitty, like, the fact that I, yeah. that I get to come home to the wife and kids and sit down and just completely switch off, like, and the fact that I'm able to do that, like, you no, know, I don't see them as much as I them because I'm obviously I was training and stuff, but...
Absolutely, and I know again you're you're always but at times you're nearly too hard on yourself because you you'd, you'd be chatting to you after you'll have a good spar or a bad spar. But even when you've a, when you've a good spar, you're trying to play it down and you're not willing to take it as as the best it was. But when you have a bad one, you, you look at it as so. I think that in itself, you're not you, you never lose feet. You never your feet are never too far off the ground. The fact as well, you're, you're surrounded by. I would say the best talent in this island. I mean, you're surrounded by Paddy. You're surrounded by the brothers. You're surrounded by uh, like people who they're learn. You're learning as much from those young lads as they are from you. Is that fair to say? Big time, big time. They're great bunch of lads like in the team. Now, to me, like like I said, Paddy's on the day. We're done with Jess and Happy with Jamie Rogers. We're just on Friday. We're boxing out. There's another good kid who's working really hard. Obviously, with Siobhan as well. Who was just coming back playing and also, you know, we 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 have a really good team. though like he's really. He's, I, I honestly think he's brought the best out of me. I think mm-hmm. I'm boxing the best ever. But I feel like I'm unbelievable man. If I'm being honest, I feel I feel really really good man. And it's down to us being around such a great team, such a great bunch of lads. And also, the lads really push me on. Like, and really, no, they really, they really challenge you. Like, they're all younger and, and you know, I gotta keep it in. You know what I'm saying? It's great to have that. And of course, like I said, Sean, man, of course, Sean, he's fucking brilliant, man. I know you're annoying me, but I'm sorry to have this conversation. But he's absolutely he's a great mind for boxing. You know what I mean? And he wants to learn all the time. Like, he's, he's a learning coach. We're all learning fighters. I can't believe I almost forgot the adopted Limerick sister. I know she's a Kerry Owen. I think everybody really knows she's. <laughs> she must catch up with her. And you know what? I must try and catch up with Sean too. It'd be a great couple of calls to have with them before if they're in. There's all those people right now who are with you on every step of the journey, and they've been there and thereabouts. But there's a few. There's a few who aren't, and uh, I know you're a spiritual man. I know you're a believer. I know God plays a huge part in your life. Um, there'll be a few making that walk with you who will be shaking their heads. They'll be, they'll be, they'll be emotional, and I'm sure one or two of them that knew you well enough to be thinking, "How the fuck did this lad end up over here?" It'll be, uh, it'll be as big a battle. It'll be a battle, will it, to 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 keep those emotions in check until afterwards? There's a lot going to be on play that night. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure, there's going to be. You know, I, I tell a lot of people who thinking like. How was he fighting? I went from tonight, and a lot of negative people towards, a lot of positive people towards. But I think, I think you have to get through that stuff. Like why you doing like, like you with the podcast? I'm sure you had a lot of people that don't that, that don't want to succeed, don't want the podcast to well, and it is succeeding. It is doing well. Probably one of the most popular podcasts with the boxers. You're a man for the boxers. So you know what I'm saying? But like, man, there's always going to be someone who don't want to see you do well. Mm. You know what I mean? Whether you were doing what you were doing before or whether you're doing what you're doing now, that sort will always be there. And and the, 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 look, the worst thing anybody can ever do is is base their lives around them. But I suppose the people I'm talking about were people who were there at that when when your journey started. Like say Kev, you don't mind me mentioning their names, Kev. Your your good mate Pa, who are, they're not with us anymore in in body, but they're never far away. People and I. This is something. This is something I. Something I chatted with you an awful lot. God isn't, I won't say, I'd be lying if I said he was in my life, but I tell you what, mate, yeah. um, over the last, I suppose, five, six years, I've gone from thinking and believing nothing to without a shadow of a doubt knowing that there is something somewhere. And I think over the last 12 months, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people either sinking or swimming. And it's been the difference for me is that belief and knowing that there's somebody somewhere rooting for you. How big a difference is that for you? You hit the nail in the head, yeah, man. Like, especially with, like, with Kevin and my friend Pa and Lauren's dad and yeah. my granddad and, of course, my, my cousin Yasmin who died a year and a half. Well, like, I got my shorts on there last week and I got all the lads and issues and I got my cousin's name then on the band behind me. Like, so, yeah, they're with me when I get in the ring and they're always with me. Like, and, but like you said, yeah, man, like, I honestly feel like this, yeah, like, I know I'm like, uh, some people, like, I've never ever tried to push God on anybody and I never no. 
success is success comes in I know this is a cliche it comes in different forms for different people and for you success I don't think there's a word I suppose when you when you've just explained where you were this time five years ago and they're just on that this day the 11th of the 3rd to 21 there's a reason for that you probably don't know it yet there's a, I don't know it but there is something happened on this day five years ago that it's I guarantee you when you trace it back and it'll come out eventually it'll come clear to you something somewhere along that line happened and uh, it, it's it's there even in the subconscious but the success yeah, success levels for someone and this is what people don't realise is not every fella that puts on a pair of gloves becomes a world champion not every fella puts on a little pair of gloves even fights professionally 
some, some people's success is just fucking showing up. It's just being able to go home and be a daddy or a mom or to be that person that it's just to keep them straight. And that, and that's success in many ways. So what you've done from where you've been is, I don't, I don't think success even comes close to it. What I wanted to check with you, and, and I keep forgetting to ask you, is at the lowest point of that, Graham, and, and when things were, where they were five years ago, did you still have a, a sliver of a of a belief of a faith of was your was your spirituality still there or at that stage is it just lost in a cloud of of, of everything? You know what, boy, I'm not gonna lie. At that stage, boy, I had no, I had no hope. I, I I I had just given up, man. I had just I had completely given up. I I lost everything, every sense of of hope or love or. I was, I was an evil cold bath, but I cared about, I didn't care about anyone but myself. You know, I, I, all I cared about was next drink or drug coming from, you know, and that was it. I, I didn't give a shit about anything. I had lost consciousness. I had lost, you know, my, 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 my compassion for others was gone. You know, I didn't give a fuck who I hurt, including my, my, my mother, my father, my sisters, my kids, my, my wife then, partner, you know, her family. You know, I, I, I just didn't care about it. So at that time, I, I, I had lost, I, I had no yeah. hope, no spirituality, no, no, and that's the show, no, like, that, that's being honest with you. I, so the, 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 the success, I suppose, that we're talking about, and the, and the best way, but the only way right now, your success is your story, and it's just nowhere close to being told yet. I, anyone that doesn't know you as well, by the way, just just a little underline. This guy analyzes fights like you wouldn't believe. He analyzes the shit out of them. So that's a that's a future marker as trainer, as a coach, or whatever else. Um, oh, definitely, yeah, definitely, Well, look, that's a long way off. Yeah. When you, you've got the you've got the travel plans, you've got everything done. Is it all nailed on now? Locked in? It's ready to go. How early will you get out there? You're doing. I know you're doing the incremental training. You're training at night time and stuff like that. It's um. When would you? When do you head off? And when do you get over? Yeah, everything is pretty much done. No, um, got all our visas and stuff like that. So we just have to um. Get we have everything done. No, we just have to wait until um. Make sure everything was was, was going ahead. Make sure nothing was pulled or anything like that. You know, which which, which we know everything's going ahead and everything's good. So we're, uh, we're flying out on Monday week. So what's that? Seven days, eight days, nine days, and we're fighting on the Friday. So we get over there four days before. So I I, I reckon I'll probably about two kilos to cut or three kilos maybe over there. But I just dry out, man. Like the main thing where we're going, like it is, it's it's kind of open. Like so, I'd be able to jump into the sun and stuff over, you know. So we're, we're pretty much, we've pretty much everything now in order. Now it's just about training for last week and, um, and getting ready to go, you know. And you'll, you'll have the pretty boy with you as well. He'll be able to help you out. He'll be able to help each other. And, 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 and Robert Park, I'm looking forward to them. Two good lads. I've been friendly with Dexter for a while. He's a great boxer. I'm looking forward to being on the show with him. And I only got to know Robert Park recently, but he seems like a really, really nice guy. Yeah, and and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna the plan is I've I've reached out to Rob already. Gonna have a chat with him. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do a little American special that week and make a bit of fun of it. I've had Deco on. Well, I don't know is he too old at this stage to be the pretty boy. He probably is. There's no sugar coating. You don't hide behind anything. You're as real as they come. And I think I think this is what we need around us. Is that's what's keeps me going when I'm not alone. I need someone to say, look, don't do this or don't say it like that or don't look at it like that and it gives you just that where sometimes if people are ass kissing or hanging out with you they're telling you what you want to hear that's no good to you. But um, best thing, looking at everything positive and that's what we do. We look positive. We, we put our best foot forward. We're going ahead with this fight. You're going to win this fight in, in a couple of weeks' time. It's hard to say for sure but how, how soon after that and I know momentum with you is a big thing so how soon after that can we hope and wish to see out again?
And I do know as well there's a little bit of news on the other side that will come when the fight's won and everything's done that there'll be yeah, things moving yeah. yeah, team-wise and everything else. But Graham, from my point of view and from Irish boxing fans, the majority of Irish fans and I speak for most people, you have a special place in their hearts. They, they love listening to you. There's always great reaction to you. You speak it as it is. Um, there's never anything personal with you and that you'll be carrying the, the, the hopes and the best wishes of the country when you're over there. It'll be an emotional occasion for a lot of us, but uh, you can you can look after all that afterwards with a pizza and a bowl of Cocoa Pops or something. to our ears my man cruel to his fate Covid had to intervene fight's been postponed but won't be too far I believe it's about a month in the meantime Graham, happy birthday to you my man probably not too easy having a birthday right bang in the middle of a camp Lauren, Dylan I hope everybody will be spoiled and rotten make a, make a fuss of him we know he's a bit of a diva but go on you have to do it that's it for me and them until then if you could take a few minutes click the very first link you see in the notes below today follow it through go down to the bottom click on it Give us a five-star review and leave a few words. Nice comment. It'll mean the world and it'll make a world of difference. Thanks for taking time to listen, to, for download. For me now, it's back to putting up lights, getting this green screen set up working. feel like I'm channeling my inner Limerick accent after chatting with Graham and listening to him for so long. It comes out as we go along. Until the next episode, stay safe, stay sane, smile. All's well that ends well.